All right. Well, welcome in to the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. It is great to uh, be doing this again. And uh, like I said last week, if you caught last week's episode, um, sorry that I inadvertently took the month of June off. That certainly was not my plan. And uh, it just kind of happened in light of everything going on with uh, COVID and... um, yeah, it's just been a crazy, I don't need to tell anyone, it has been a crazy few months. So uh, I'm excited to be back doing this though. Uh, and so as promised last week, I'm going to jump into uh, what I'm calling a six-week series on my book, Bring It, Finding Your Confidence in the One Who Created Confidence. Uh, but before I do that, just a couple of uh, things I wanted to say Um, And then I'll give you a little preview of what the next few weeks are going to look like, and then we'll have a little discussion, or I'll preview, um, I guess, chapter one, kind of give you an overview of chapter one of this book, and hopefully give you some thoughts to to think about. Uh, Thing number one, though, if you listened to last week's, week's podcast, I want to apologize. The back half of it, the audio quality was pretty uh, rough, and um, I kind of caught that late, and so I apologize. Um, I thought that I had it all cleaned up, and it was pretty pretty staticky towards the end there. So my apologies. I have my good microphone set up uh, going again, and everything should be cleared up going forward. So um, thanks for bearing with me. If you could, it was a lot. It was like nails on a chalkboard to me, but I, I Really just kept listening, hoping it was going to end, and it didn't. So uh, my apologies. The other thing I want to say is I'm actually recording this on um, my 12th anniversary with my wife, Erin. And so I'm going to give her a shout out because she's my favorite person in the world. And she's the only person um, who ever could or would put up with me. And so uh, I love you, Erin. Happy anniversary. And um, thanks for letting me do things like record podcasts uh, once all the kids are in bed. Um, so anyways, the next uh, six weeks, here's what we're going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through uh, some ideas and thoughts from chapter one. Um, maybe I'll give you a little more background than I did last week on just the book in general. And then um, the next two weeks, so uh, chapters two and three, I'm going to have a guest on. His name is Adam Blazik. He is the youth pastor at Erie First Assembly, where I work. And he is an awesome dude. He used to be a professional basketball player. Um, and probably, I guess it was about two years ago now, he uh, started going to our church and he jumped into um, my small group. We had just launched a brand new small group. He jumped into it. We went through this book and I just really remember a lot of our conversations that we had back then being very rich and good in that small group. And um, so I asked him if he'd be willing to jump in Uh, maybe share some of his story and uh, maybe just do a little review of this book and some of the things that jumped out to him. He was a very new believer at the time, and so it was really humbling for me and cool to, um, you know, be offering these concepts and this conversation through this book and have uh, someone like him, um, you know, really just asking questions and interested and wanting to know more and uh, this this book being a tool for growth. So he's going to help us through chapters two and three. And then my awesome wife, who I just gave a shout out to, is going to jump in uh, for chapters four and five. And um, we'll see what happens with six. I was planning on doing it solo, but we'll kind of see how these conversations go. Um, really, my hope 
always uh, with All Things Podcast is to have guests on because I feel like the back and forth that happens in a conversation is, personally for me, it's one of my favorite things about podcasts is when there's multiple people and it's just natural conversation and you can feel like you're a part of it. Um, And so because of circumstances and because of situations, some of these have been solo and just me, but that's never my, uh, my hope or my heart. Obviously, I want to share this with other people and, and introduce you to people that I do ministry with and that mean a lot to me. So uh, that's the plan. I will uh, kind of kick things off today. We'll have Adam uh, jump in for chapters two and three. I think those are going to be great conversations. My wife, I'm excited to have her on for chapters four and five. Maybe she can give you Uh, some perspective on what it is like to be married to a person who gives himself projects like writing his own books and publishing them. Um, That in and of itself uh, is probably a story. But anyways, uh, so let's jump into this and let's let's talk uh, real quick. Like I said last week, um, if you're interested, and I'm not doing this to sell books, but if you're interested and you need something to read, you can jump on Amazon.com and you can grab a copy of Yield, Your Dreams, Your Love, Your Life, which is my first book. Um, And you can also grab a copy of Bring It, Finding Your Confidence in the One Who Created Confidence. Both of those are, I believe, $10. They might even be less, but they're on Amazon.com. If you have Prime, they'll be in your mailbox in two to three days. Um, And really... uh, So just to give you some backstory, if you didn't catch this last week, um, I got into ministry in 2014. I interviewed for a job in 2015 that would have been a full-time ministry job. And um, when I started that interview process, I thought for sure I was going to get the job. And I thought for sure it was going to be um, kind of a dream job, my dreams coming true type situation. And because of that, I started a book called Yield, Your Dreams, Your Love, Your Life. And um, I really thought that when I got to the end of that book and the end of that summer, um, the end of writing that book, I should say, the moral of the story, the end of the book would have been just yield your life and it all works out and God... uh, God gives you your wildest dreams, and uh, all you have to do is yield, and he takes care of the rest. And actually, what I found through that process, I did not get the job. It's a long story for another day. Um, But what I found through that process is it was, for me, the learning situation of when you yield, you don't always get the job that you want. But what you get, if you truly are yielding to God and what he says, what he does, and and the steps that he directs to give you his best for your life, is you get the wildest of adventures and you get the greatest of situations. And they're not always easy and they're not always fun. But when he is the one directing your steps, they're always worth it and it does always work out. And so while I didn't get that job uh, per se, I think what I did get was just a far greater... um, I just learned so much. I learned so much through this process of um, Quint thought it was going to go one way and it went a different way, uh, but God was still in it and just all over it. And while I didn't get that job, I still was so fortunate to have uh, the part-time worship leading um, 
gig, as I've called it, but the, the part-time worship leading job that I did have um, with just great, amazing people at the church I started at, Conduit Ministries in Jamestown, New York. Um, and, you know, I think ultimately I just had a lot more to learn. It was just early. I had been a part-time ministry person for about a year. And um, so I just had to rest in this idea that like, hey, it, the story's not done here. I have more to learn. I have more to do. Um, and so I did. And uh, so like I mentioned last week, that first book was really uh, kind of a, a goodbye to my 20s. I was turning 30 years old. And uh, I had spent time with just various scriptures that um, had kind of become what I would call fundamental uh fundamental like verses in my life in my 20s. And so I just took uh, one verse and shared it and then kind of wrote a chapter on it. And uh, and that was the genesis of that first book. And it was just a learning process for me. It was, uh, it was cool. It was fun. Um, and I really didn't know if I would ever write another book. I did not know if uh, it was kind of a one-time thing, if it was a pipe dream that I happened to pull off. Um, but I tell this story in the beginning of Bring It, so let's transition over to that, and I'll get into this first chapter. Um, right as I was, I was super hyped and excited about this book, Yield, and right as I was kind of landing the plane and getting ready to uh, put it up on my social media, ask people to uh, support it or whatever, a friend of mine called me for coffee. And we sat down for coffee, and he told me about a lot of stuff that was going on in his marriage and in his family, he had two small kids, um, and it, none of it was pretty. None of it was good, um, and so uh, I sat there and, you know, just did the ministry thing and loved on him and encouraged him and told him, like, there is hope, and you can find the other side of this, um, and really, this verse um, kept coming up in our conversation. It was Psalm 138.8, uh, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me, forsake not the works of your hands. Um, and then I have it here in the message translation. It says, um, finish what you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. And I just kept telling him, his name was Mike. I kept saying, you know, the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you. You need to stand on that promise. You need to believe that. God has your best interests in mind. God is here for you. God is going to do this. Um, and I just kept saying it. And then I left that cup of coffee and I realized um, I had written a chapter per verse that was in my book. And that verse wasn't even in my book. And uh, I had just spent an hour and a half beating this kid over the head with one verse. And the verse didn't even make this book that was based on you know, these, these verses that meant so much to me. So I just, I really left thinking like, is my book not done? Do I need to, uh, do I need to back up here and like go write a chapter real quick? And, and, uh, I mean, good grief. I talked for 90 minutes. I probably could throw together a six or seven page chapter and put some questions with it. Um, and as I prayed about it and thought about it, um, I really felt like God was saying, no, you're going to write your entire next book based on that one verse. And I just thought like, what, what? I don't even, is this first book even a real book? Like, um, a next book, I don't even, what are you talking about? Like, I just didn't even have 
context for that, I was um, not confused, but just kind of dumbfounded. Like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm literally just making this up because I'm just some passionate young kid who wants projects, you know. Um, but I just kind of let it ride, let it sit, and uh, pushed yield, promoted it a little bit, had a couple speaking opportunities, which was really cool. Um, and then I, I did. I got to work on it, and I started um, kind of like if I was going to do yield all over again, what would I do? And I, I just approached it completely different as far as, um, you know, when you have one verse and you want to base a chapter on it, it's not it's not impossible to, to, you know, come up with a couple thousand words, um, based on a verse that's meant a lot to you in a decade of your life. Um, but to have one verse and try to stretch this, uh, entire concept over an entire book, um, it was different. And actually, so yield was, I think about 11,000 words. And so I set a personal goal that I wanted to bring it to be 50% longer, so they're actually the same amount of pages, but that's all because I chose a different font for Bring It, um, uh, per the advice of my graphic designer. Um, but anyways, I Bring It is eighteen thousand words, so it is fifty percent longer than Yield, and it is, um, you know, it's all based on this one concept of the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. And so what I had to do um, was I wrote out kind of an arc of these chapters. What's the journey I want to take the reader on? Um, and what, uh, what's the journey I want to take the reader on and how do I start and build and then land the plane? Uh, so if you think of it in terms of a flight, you're on the runway, you take off, you soar for a while and then you land. And that's really what I, I strive to do with this book, bring it was to, um, to launch an idea, a concept, a theology, if you will, uh, and then explain it, unpack it, and then land the plane on this, this uh, runway of we can have ultimate confidence in God and who he says he is and what he says he will do all because of what he has done and what he has said and how he's always backed it up. And so I hope I did that. I'm sure now... Uh, with three years space from the book, I'd probably say some things differently. I could explain it better. I've learned a lot. I've done a lot more. But like I said, or like I have said, I'm still so proud of this book and of the concept. So chapter one is called Sovereign Strong. If you have heard that phrase before, it's probably because I love that name for God. Sovereign Strong is a name for God that you will find in the message translation of the Bible. I was reading through the message. In fact, it's sitting here on my lap right now. I bought this copy of the message. I think it was in uh, 2016. And uh, I read pretty much straight through the New Testament uh, that summer. Like it just, the, the message is a very readable version of the Bible. That was the entire goal of the message um, when it was released, when it came to be. And uh, for me, it has worked. It's not everybody's favorite thing, and that's fine. Um, but it definitely has gotten me more and more in the word uh, than I had been previously. And so anyways, this name Sovereign Strong uh, comes from the message translation. Um, I wrote a song called Sovereign Strong and put it on my worship album. I have actually written a second version of that song with my buddy Curtis Parks, uh, who I shared this podcast with 
uh, back in May. He read my book uh, this year. Actually, I think it was during this whole quarantine. He texted me and said, "Hey, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you'd be up for it, but I'd love to uh, potentially, you know, write a song with that name, kind of reapproach it." And so we did. It was really cool. We haven't fully finished it yet, but um, I like where it's going, and it's pretty, it's pretty neat to. Uh, have a, a name for God really pop out at you um, and then have it just keep recurring in your life. And so it, it happened in this chapter in this book. It happened in a song that I wrote uh, probably, I don't know. Um, yeah, that was probably in 2016 when I first got that Bible. And then to write another song in 2020 uh, under that same name. But this idea of sovereign strong, let me just read you the definitions of the word sovereign and of the words, words strong. Sovereign is defined as a person who has supreme authority or power. Uh, and someone who is strong has influence, authority, resources, or means. And so this idea of our God in heaven having supreme authority, supreme influence, supreme resources, supreme means. Um, I think it is still an understatement, but is the best way that we can try to put language around this great and big God that we serve who oversees everything. Um, and so really in this first chapter, I kind of, um, I swim through these feelings of, um, of, you know, have you ever been in a situation where you just struggled? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe even this whole quarantine and COVID situation has put you there. Have you ever been in a situation where you've struggled to see God for who he is and for the goodness that he possesses? Because honestly, just circumstances around you and life are just that frustrating and are just that, um, they just build up that much doubt. I mean, I'll, I say it in this book, I'll say it now on this podcast, I've been there. Like, I think we've all been there where life can just start to swirl so much around us that we lose sight of, um, yeah, we just lose sight of the target. We lose sight of the truth that God is so big and so good and so for us that he took just absolutely amazing steps to come near to us, Jesus Christ becoming a human being, to have relationship with us. It is so humbling. It is so amazing. And it's so encouraging when we're going through those situations. And so sometimes I think what we need to do, I know what I need to do, is we need to take these steps back and remember just how big and amazing and awesome our God is. And how no matter what we might be going through, we serve a God who loves us so much and who controls everything. In fact, uh, in writing this, one of the ways um, that I kind of described it was, if you'll allow me to find it, it all right, it says on uh, page two, just the second page of this chapter, I felt like God was just reminding me, and I wrote this almost in the, the first person from God, it's God just stepping in and saying, I've got the whole world in my hands. I set the seasons into motion each and every year. I paint a masterpiece in the sky every night, and then I do it again every morning. I am the sovereign, strong God. I know what you are going through, and I promise you that I am in control. And so really, that is the concept that we're talking about with this idea of sovereign, 
strong. When we lose sight, I think the most important thing that we can do is just recenter ourselves. We need to just slow down. We need to remember that while whatever trial or circumstance we're going through is absolutely huge to us, and this is not to discount those at all, um, when we when we recenter, what we do is we give ourselves we give ourselves the proper perspective of who our God is in the midst of it all. And I know for me, I need that on the regular. I need that probably more than I take the effort to give it to myself. I need to remember and remind myself just how big my God is. And we need to remember and remind our problems just how big our God is. We can't get so bogged down in the trials and the circumstances that we lose sight of that because that is our hope, right? That is our hope. So um, that was really kind of the overarching theme uh, in this. And then the whole second section of this chapter, I called it, Who Do You Pray To? And I think, um, you know, I will, I will just propose to you or suggest to you that it's really good to ask yourself the question, who am I praying to? Um, I quote John Eldridge. I know something new and different for me. He's obviously my favorite author, but um, in his book, Moving Mountains, uh, which is just an entire book on prayer, on the power of prayer, on different types of prayers, um, it is really just an in-depth look at prayer. If you're looking to be challenged on how you pray, um, and actually at Erie First Assembly starting next Sunday, we're going to do 21 consecutive days of prayer and worship. So if you want to be challenged heading into 21 days of prayer and worship, if you're someone who goes to Erie First, pick up his book, Moving Mountains. It will challenge you. But he uh, he writes in his book, and I quoted this in mine, um, who are you praying to? Is he adequate? Is he kind? Is he in a good mood? Where is he located? Is he near? Is he far away? Like, wh- who is the God that you enter into conversation with? Do you enter into conversation with him? Or do you throw hopes into the sky? Do you throw um, desires out into the ether and hope that they're picked up by this great being? Um, I think it's, it's worth saying again, it's worth reminding that he desires relationship with us to the point uh, that Jesus Christ became a human being to get on our level and to buy us back. Um, I wrote, let me just read this line. The very God of the universe gave up all of his glory to become one of us, to become a human being. He came to buy us back and to make a way for us to be whole again. He is a very personal God who desires a very personal relationship with you and with me. And I think that that is so important. Who you believe you're praying to changes everything. Who you believe uh, God is, how approachable you believe God is, changes everything. One of the things that I have learned um, about fatherhood and about parenting and about uh, being a child, looking back at my own childhood, um, is that a lot of times how we view our earthly father is how we view our heavenly father, for better 
or for worse. Uh, for some people, that's an amazing thing. For some people, that is the ideal thing. Um, and that obviously, as fathers, that's what we hope for and strive for, that we are setting an example that, uh, that we are representing God the Father as best we can in our imperfect ways um, to, our, to our kids, right? Um, but that's not the story for everybody. That's not always the case. And so sometimes what we do is we carry this improper or inaccurate view of God into our prayers with God and into our relationships with God because of our of the example set for us by our by our earthly fathers. And so um, I don't know if that uh, turns on any light bulbs for anybody listening. I don't know if that uh, you know makes you think or gets you thinking, but hopefully it does um, because ultimately the the conversation here and the question is who do we pray to? How near is God? How personal do we view the God that we have the opportunity to pray to? Um, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us, Jesus Christ, who uh, lives and who has breathed life back into us. Um, how personal are those conversations? How how um, transactional are those prayers or how interactive are those prayers? Um, I would encourage you to ask yourself those questions and think about that. And so, um, anyways, this is kind of chapter one of Bring It, and I, I hope it is encouraging you. I hope it's making you think, and I hope more than anything, um, it, you know, it gets your, your wheels turning on who is this God that I am in a relationship with, because that is, um, that's the most important question you can ask yourself, really. Uh, when you've come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, it is so important that you grasp the personal the that's not the word, but the um, just the the realness, the relatability that he desires to have with you, uh, and that he desires to have for you, and so um, that's really really my hope. I'm not gonna uh, ramble on. Let me ask you a few of the questions that I wrap up this chapter with, and then uh, actually next week, like I said, my buddy Adam Blazik is gonna be uh, in on this podcast with us. We are gonna talk about. Uh, this concept of boundaries um, and and this idea of when we know the God that we are praying to, uh, when we know uh, who he is and how personal he wants to be with us, um, the boundaries of our relationship and ultimately the boundaries of our life start to expand in amazing ways. And so we'll get into some of that next week. But here's some questions uh, for you to think about as we wrap up today. Um, with this idea of sovereign, strong, the God who is sovereign and strong over our lives, who has a plan uh, for everything, um, and who has orchestrated our steps, who, you know, we build our plans, but ultimately he directs our steps, the Bible tells us. And so um, just some questions uh, to recap. Have you ever lost hope in the situations of your life? Or have you ever gotten out of touch with the reality of who your father truly is? It's okay if you have, but it's important that you take time, chisel out 10 minutes, 5 minutes of your day, and recenter with your Bible open how big your God is and how much he loves you and has plans for your life. 
Uh, question number two, does it feel encouraging to let go of your personal struggles and embrace the magnitude of God and what he wants to do in your life? I'll give you the answer. It should. It might not feel encouraging. A lot of times we we create a, a comfort level with things that actually are unhealthy. And so it it's scary to let them go. But ultimately, it should feel so encouraging to let go of our personal struggles, let go of our insecurities, let go of the things that, that weigh us down and embrace just how big this God really is. Can I be candid with you? That's what we did at the point of salvation. Why on earth would we stop doing it when we know God, when we're supposed to know God more and more and more, right? When we were at that point of salvation, we let go of everything, our, our shame, our pain, our sins, and we embraced this God who said, I can cover all that. And we said, please do, please do wash me, make me clean, renew me, give me a new spirit, a new heart, give me a new life. And then sometimes what I think we do is we become almost callous to it and we, we hold on to those things. We become kind of what some people describe professional Christians where we, we feel like I'm going to hang on to this because I can handle it, but I'll give God that. And man, let's just be encouraged and let's, let's do everything we can to let go of those personal struggles and embrace the magnitude of God and what he wants to do in our lives. And then lastly, do you feel challenged? I hope you do uh, after this podcast. Do you feel challenged to gain a new perception of who exactly you are praying to? And have you accepted the closeness of Jesus Christ and his love for you? I hope you have, and I hope that this has encouraged you. I really appreciate you tuning in, Um, and that's just chapter one. We're going to dig into some other um, awesome things. Like I said, next week we'll talk boundaries. We're also going to hit on uh, some subjects such as agreements, things that we've believed, and how they impact our daily movements and our daily interactions. Uh, But thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions at all, do not hesitate to reach out to me. Um, you can find me on the internet. I'm all over the place. Uh, you can email actually, I believe I registered. Yes. You can email bringitbook at gmail.com and, uh, I'll catch you there and we can, uh, chat through some different things. Ultimately, um, I just want to help people and I want to help you, uh, know God more, understand who he is and what he wants to do in your life and fully embrace it. So have an awesome week. I hope this encourages you. It is going to be a fun summer going through this. um, And I'm humbled that you're listening and I hope you're blessed by what you're hearing. Have an awesome day. I was wondering